Um, but yeah, so just in terms of so what we have planned for the next sort of two and a half hours to get us through, we have sort of three subjects that uh, I really, really want to go, I really want to talk about, which is... Um, first of all, that we're going to maybe talk a little about Laura Palmer and the dead girl. I think we talked about this already, but that'll sort of, you know, maybe a little bit about that. Then we're going to go through notes Then we're going to see, like, what haven't we talked about so far on this 18 hour podcast? Because you have notes written down. I yeah, have notes I written do down. That sure thing, I do that there. thing where I'm looking at the notes and kind of reading them <laughs> and it's like, oh, what's this? Oh, it's nothing. <laughs> um, it's like when we have like kind of technical issues and it's like, ah, uh, um, I can't leave that space. So I'm just saying that I'm turning this knob <laughs> up and down. Uh, it doesn't seem to be working. <laughs> ah. <laughs> but yeah, so again, I, I, we talked a little bit about this earlier, how I kind of originally envisaged this 18 hour podcast Do stay being, tuned. being like, an extension of the sort of like regular selling format. It. It's going to be stellar. Former podcast, like the format of the podcast that we do. Yeah. Which is where we talk about, you know, and we sort of, we stretch out every segment. So there's a bit at the end of our podcast where we go through our notes and we say, what haven't we talked about that we wanted to talk about that didn't right. necessarily get a full hour's worth of attention? So we're going to do that in about 40 minutes. And then we're going to talk about maybe the ending. Do we want more Twin Peaks? And, and just basically thank everybody who's given all of their time for this. Just and to remind, money. yeah, and their money as well. Because just to, to remind listeners, actually, if you're, if you are listening to this, uh, you can donate online, actually, if you want. Uh, we're available. Sorry, just give dot com uh the link should be up there it's in the chat group it's also been sent out on twitter uh we've raised so far over a grant uh for the irish cancer society which is something that we are very proud of uh and we're very sort of touched and yeah the donations it's really sort of heartwarming thank you very much everybody who's donated um in every way shape and form uh to making this happen so let's talk a little bit about um like Laura Palmer and, and the dead girl and this kind of came up a bit when it's come up repeatedly we talked about like Firewalk with me giving Laura a sense of her own agency and autonomy. Uh, we also talked a little bit about the idea that in Twin Peaks, as in life, some deaths are worth more than others. Um, so, for example, I'm thinking of the, you know, we were talking about, like, the, the Renault sibling, where everyone's like, eh, he's dead. That's really about it. Yeah. Um, as compared to, like, the death of... of John the- Reno finds out it's like, um, <laughs> he killed Jacques. <laughs> <laughs> And also the other brother. Yeah. Uh, by the way, um, I, I suppose it doesn't really... It's funny how um, how um, Lynch's kind of prejudices um, against kind of um, uh, uh, small people have... have, have um, uh, what's going? Uh, have 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 translated over to uh, Twin Peaks: The Return, but that there is no um, that I can recall French Canadian villain. Because <laughs> like, what what watching Twin Peaks is is, like, is the Renault sibling by default the one who's like I heard they were great a whores. Um, is he possibly Canadian? He's got he is a Renault because he's played by the same actor, and the implication is that he's an previously unheard of sibling. Darren, um, a lot of this is bled together. Was 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 was, was so the remember the green onion in uh, the return. Uh, so remember the the green the sweeping scene. Yeah, remember how oh, the sweeping wow. scene yeah. ends. No, he was he was Jack Sean, Renault. Okay, cool. I thought that Jack Sean was dead. Um, so did I. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think he was. <laughs> I think he was. Just, I was looking at it, and it, it is, it, and so there was Jacques uh, Renault. It was Jean Renault, and then there was this guy who appeared to be Jacques Jean Renault. Um, 
and and I don't know. I didn't go. It, it didn't have time to go on the wikia. Um, <laughs> were you using the wikia as you were doing this? And to keep somewhat, I like n- not not a huge amount. Um, I th- I think I had used it a little bit, kind of um, previously to 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 um, to figure out kind of um, who uh, who people were and where I knew people from. Because I, I I remember. Um, it mustn't have stuck with me very much, but uh, I, the um, uh, Gerson Hayward, I was like, I know her, um, and uh, she, she she's um, a a Lynch um, actor. She's yeah, uh, part of the stable almost. Yeah, exactly. She's she's uh, um, uh, Paula Trades' sister. Um, oh, Lady, in, in- Lady Jessica's um, uh, daughter. Oh, nice. Um, whose name I forget. <laughs> Um, but yeah, she was she was, was born with the um, with the with the powers of a full um, what, what what was it called? Um, uh, I want to say Mother Superior. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel no, like it that's is. wrong. That's a David Bowie lyric, but it is also <coughs> I believe it's the Benny Gesserit, isn't it? Um, yes, yes. Sorry, this has turned into the Impromptu Dune podcast. Thank you very much for your time. But yeah, let's talk a little bit about, like, again, we talked about the, the, some deaths mattering more than others, apparently as much to us as to God, anybody I don't else. know what the question was. <laughs> yeah, we've already lost this. But in terms of, like, Twin Peaks and the idea of the dead girl and the idea that, like, the trope that exists in, in popular culture, there's, like, a really great book that I read on the subject as well. I really can't remember. Wrapped in Plastic? Uh, no, it's it's dead. Wrapped in Plastic is the Twin Peaks one. Uh, it's a collection of... Uh, sort of articles and essays from the magazine the fanzine wrapped in plastic but I'm thinking of Dead Girls um, actually which is I I can't remember the author who wrote them (laughs) uh, which is really disappointing but she basically she goes through this example of like Dead Girls as a a fixation in American popular culture both obviously in, in real life as well but also in you know in fiction and stories that we tell and again, this kind of brings us back to, and I, I think I've quoted this a couple of times, but there's the great observation from David Patrick Kelly that, like, what makes Twin Peaks unique in this catalogue of, like, American Dead Girls Oh yeah, is that you remember the name Laura Palmer. In fact, like, it's more likely that people remember the name of Laura Palmer than they remember we, the name of the killer. We discussed this earlier on with Charlene. We did indeed. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and just sort of in terms of, of that sort of thing and, and kind of how interesting that is and how that leads to kind of the warp stuff with, with Cooper later on and how, like, he's trying to fix it. And there's this weird thing where maybe... Is it possible to say that, like, by the time we've arrived in The Return, Twin Peaks isn't Cooper's story anymore? As in, like, the original Twin Peaks, the two seasons, that was largely driven by Cooper because he was the character who showed up and we, who we followed. And when you get to The Return, after Firewalk With Me, right, we've been conditioned to expect Cooper as as the hero of the story... But he's not really. Um, and and what happens is like the story, the climax of the story gets messed up when he tries to fill that role. And it's not really his story anymore. And despite the fact that Laura is completely absent, maybe it is her story. Like maybe it's a story of like all the like spiral of consequences her from her story. death. If you will, as opposed to his story. Uh, but yeah, that, well, <laughs> there's probably a bad pun in there about changing her story. But um, no, there's, there's this idea of like... Twin Peaks is what happens when you try and make a dead girl story about like your protagonist Cooper is a guy who thinks he can save her, who thinks he can fix it, who thinks he can rescue her, thinks he can fulfill this sort of thing. And maybe the real tragedy of the return. And it's kind of interesting in this. We've talked a lot about Doogie, Dougie. 
and the withholding of Dougie, uh, the withholding of Cooper uh, in those sort of Dougie sections of the plot. And I'm wondering, is there an element of that that's basically kind of telling us as an audience that like Twin Peaks in 2019 is not necessarily really Cooper's story anymore? Like, it's not necessarily a narrative that belongs to him, even though we assume that it does. And even though Conor McLaughlin is credited first in the credits, he's like first billed in the closing credits. I want to give everything you've said the credit it deserves. But I'm going to be honest, Darren. I'm finding it difficult <laughs> to um, to to um, uh, ta- take in okay, okay. <laughs> what, what you're saying. I I think we we. We both kind of like triumphantly announced, oh, that was a great two hours. If you're full of energy, <laughs> energy now. And then it just sort of hit the rocks. It was like, uh, no. The, so uh, the, uh, is this, is it Cooper's story or is it uh, Laura's story? Yeah, that sort of question. Right. Um, <laughs> so, um, I feel like, <laughs> please repeat the question in, in as few words as possible. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this is probably not the best time of night for these sorts of conversations. No, yeah, like I. I why don't, are we still wearing headphones? I, yeah, why are we still wearing <laughs> headphones? <laughs> it's probably the more lynching de- insanity <laughs> has already begun. Um, like the. I'm has, gonna have a pastry. Yes, yeah, I do do have a pastry. Um, um, is. Has it been said that kind of um, the uh, Laura Palmer and the mystery surrounding her is um, is a um, MacGuffin? No, it hasn't actually. No, that's, that's worth noting. Actually, it's been mentioned briefly, I think, earlier in the podcast that yeah, that Lynch didn't necessarily want to resolve it. In fact, he wanted to leave it open ended. It was never a question that he was particularly interested in answering. Yeah, it was just a way of getting into all the soap opera stuff that he wanted to talk about anyway, that he wanted to make a series about. And his ideal would be that you would never tell the audience who killed Laura Palmer. You know? Yeah. So th- then, is this, is is that not a MacGuffin then? But I think that it. Yeah, I mean, as 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 originally kind of intended. That it was, it was, it was, it was, it was going to be uh, like, like, um, um, some something that the kind of audience, um, kind of, um, maybe I'm misunderstanding what a MacGuffin is. Well, MacGuffin is just something that drives the plot. Yeah, it don't, you don't have to explain what it is. It's just a reason why something that the characters are after, something the characters want. Something that, you know, motivates the action without necessarily being active thought, within that. I thought, yeah, I thought the mystery of, 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 of Laura Palmer was, 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 was an example of that. Up until the point where... Um, it's uh, revealed who the killer is. Yeah, or what was it, ABC say, okay. Like, <laughs> Enough, <laughs> wind it down, guys. <laughs> <laughs> You've had your fun. <laughs> I know you know. <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> Just grab them and shake them both. Well, no... Uh, it's it's more that like I suppose that's the thing is that the idea on a narrative level that revealing Laura Palmer's killer essentially broke the series um, and I think like yeah. you, you can see that like again we, I talked about it earlier in the podcast but one of my reactions I watched some of the second season episodes with you I watched the episode where Leyland was revealed as the killer I watched the episode where Leyland died in, in the cell after sort of smashing his head and I remember when the credits rolled after that like scene where they talk about Bob as the evil that men do, you turned to me and said, that was the last episode, right? There's there's no way this show can go on from here. There's absolutely no way it can continue. And ironically, you were right. But the thing is, though, that 
doing that fundamentally unmoored it. And we talked a little bit with Niall and with Richard about Twin Peaks Firewalk with me and how that's a Laura Palmer story because it's focused on her. It gives her agency that she didn't otherwise have. But like, here's the thing with Cooper, right? Cooper, and again, this is something, and this is building off something that Andy said there, which was very astute, which is that like Cooper's mission when he came to Twin Peaks uh, was never going to be to um to to find the killer. It was going to be to say sorry to save Laura Palmer. And if you've revealed who the killer is, you've technically fulfilled like Cooper's function for being there. Cooper's function for being in Twin Peaks. Now the show comes up with all sorts of extravagant reasons in the episodes that follow for keeping him around and keeping him where we're in this yeah. sort of set space. It's the next the, the description of the next episode on <laughs> on, 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 on the uh, on the sky uh, anytime with your sky planner is like an unexpected kind of um, turn of events um, conspires to to keep Cooper in <laughs> Twin Peaks longer than he'd intended to or that you might reasonably expect exactly. him to Given have. the circumstances <laughs> yeah. on which he arrived. Yeah, I like that even uh, are the unexpected circumstances. It's like something are... happens to justify this uh, series continuing. <laughs> yeah. um, I like that you say the something description unex- of it. Yeah. Something unexpected happens. The writers' room try and figure out what the hell they're gonna do. Yeah, to, it's to already the in the nine. TV guide. We better <laughs> yeah. write this. Yeah, um, but like, and obviously in the second season, that has horrible consequences because you get a second season where there's no sense of direction. The second half of the second season is kind of lost and meandering and unfocused. Um, um, I I imagine them being like you. You love though how this has no sense of direction, right? <laughs> we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, correct? Um, and, like, but like this is the thing with the return when you bring the return back, though, right? Because you you can get away with it. Like so, season two because you solved the mystery of who killed Laura Palmer, mm. which was never meant to be solved. I was just there to provide a motive for the series. Yeah, so, it, so it's not like I, 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 I can't see how if if it were if it had kind of um, followed through on that sort of vision, it certainly wouldn't be a Laura Palmer show, um, and it probably wouldn't make sense then. Uh, or no, no, actually, maybe it would make more sense to to do a uh, fire walk with me as 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 the final kind of. Um, uh, like have the the whole kind of um what thirty one hours or whatever and not answer the question and then have like a two hour movie that does, whereas whereas you come to uh, fire walk with me and you've already kind of um resolved who killed um Laura Laura Palmer all you're showing is her realizing um, who it was and I mean that it's that moment of realization for her. That's the big moment of Firewalk with me. So where she yeah. realizes that Bob is is Leyland Palmer, which we already know, which we already know. But she ha- and you get a sense that she suspects there's a moment where she's outside cowering in the grass, and she's like, no, 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 it's not him, it's not him, it's not him. And then you have that horrible moment of sort of realization uh, in there as well. But I mean, it's more that like if the basis of tw- if the thing that drives Twin Peaks is the solving is is Laura Palmer's sort of murder and yeah. the investigation into it. And if you already found the guilty party and the guilty party's already dead, I like the idea that like Twin Peaks The Return or the third season logically has nowhere to go with that and it's 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 kind of unstuck as a result of that. Because like yeah, how do you, how do you how do you what do you do with that? What what do you build from that? How do you build outwards from that? What what what's um significance I suppose because 
there there are many people who have not yet died um <laughs> when 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 cooper arrives um in the uh pilot yeah um so everyone from like Jose Packer through to the Renault brother that you mentioned yeah yeah they like so it it's it's kind of um generally when it, when it, when it comes to saving people's lives or, or or rescuing people from death it's easier to do it with people who aren't yet dead <laughs> um, <laughs> as opposed so it, to going back yeah, and trying to undo it's kind it. of like i i feel like um Cooper needs to exercise the eighty twenty rule. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of is he going to spend all of his time, um, uh, like his entire life, trying to save this person um, who is a, already a, a dead? Rescuer is dead and probably fail, <laughs> or, or, or or maybe he could prevent some people from being killed in going forward. But yeah, there there is something kind of. I in- guess I guess he saves Annie. He does, and she never turns up. Interesting fact that apparently. Um, Heather Graham was happy to appear in the show and it just she never got a call she never got contacted by the uh, production staff which is kind of strange that is peculiar uh, there are a couple of like there are a couple of actors like that who've talked about like how they were waiting for calls and they never quite materialized um, which is kind of a, a shame as well like their phone kind of didn't materialize. didn't ring <laughs> not in a literal <laughs> sense so, yeah I know I realize yeah. that we're talking about Twin Peaks here <laughs> there were just like uh, loads of kind of like uh, ghost hobos like trying to claw <laughs> the phone off the wall <laughs> but Heather Graham basically was available. And Lynch and Frost decided not to bring her back, which is kind of strange because she's she's in Firewalk with me. Now, there are like a whole host of Twin Peaks characters who obviously don't appear, you know, and there are some of them that are from like after the, the time where Lynch and Frost departed. So it makes sense for them not to be there, like Billy Zane, for example. And there are characters um, like, you know, it's like you have Denise in, yeah. in, in, in this. Well, that's she, exactly. she, she plays the, the replacement for James Comey. <laughs> Denise is great and I love that and again we talk about that sequence like Lynch's empathy it's that sequence where I can imagine like in 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 this world then kind of um, uh, presumably there is no Trump right because Trump didn't decide to get rid of 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 James Comey and replace um uh, 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 Comey with, with Denise a, with a trans woman. But yeah, there is um the sh- the script that they shot did not have any included, according to um Sabrina Sutherland, the producer. Firewalk with me. Um, no, this or, is no, uh, this is the uh, Twin Peaks: The Return. The Return. Because yeah, d- obviously she was in oh. Firewalk with me. She's By in a single way, scene. I can't believe we haven't said it. Uh, uh, yet. Um, this is um. When when those girls are in the uh, uh, roadhouse and they say, um, what is it? Have you seen the penguin? Yes, yes. You know the penguin. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> like I was watching that and I was thinking, oh, they're making a joke about how like Batman returns, <laughs> Twin Peaks to return. They're <laughs> <laughs> saying, hey, where's the penguin? When are we going to see the penguin? I, lo- um, I love that we've reached the point at where we're so exhausted that your mind is making characters these, in the movie. these sorts of connections. I've become aware of the fact that they're... Yeah, in- they're making kind of like jokes about the... Yeah. Should be noted, actually. I think there, there's... They a- know they're in a movie at this point. Well, I mean, again, this is the thing where the whole thing feels like it's very stage managed. And we talked about this with nostalgia and stuff like that, where it, like... It, 
episode 17 is very much offering you everything that you want from a revival. And, you know, Cooper's talking about how uh, see you at the curtain call and all this sort of stuff. And you have this sort of, like, theme motif of, like, stage and production. Like, the giant effectively stage manages the entire climax of, like, episode 17. Mike and, and sorry, the well, fireman. Andy apologies. has a part. Yeah. Oh, Andy's just given direction. Andy's taken up and shown how this needs to go and told to move the pieces into place. There's something very choreographed and scripted about, like, the way that finale plays out, the way that, uh, like, episode 17 plays out. Where it's, like... It's very clean. <laughs> it is surprisingly clean for a twin. Well, come on. <laughs> <laughs> what are we saying here? <laughs> I wasn't being... I was, I was being ironic. <laughs> no, but, like... It's very meticulously structured, that episode 17, that false, like, the false ending that you get. Because it's got, like, Freddy is introduced in the opening episode. Um, He's also, like, given a backstory in episode 14. You get to see him use his glove in episode 15. So it's all very clearly and fairly established. You had Mike and the fireman. Go, 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 Freddy. Um, Snap his Gregory. (laughs) Sorry? Snap Bob's Gregory. <laughs> Snapping who's Gregory. <laughs> yeah, but it's very much a thing to sort of to get at it's the... It's all set up for that Gregory snapping. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew, for that. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but no, it, 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 like, it all feels very consciously like stage manager set up. Like, do, you, do, you, do you know what I loved? Well, I, w- I, w- I wonder if you picked up on it. Um, because I was saying about kind of like and uh, Andy taking on this part because he visits the um, the, uh, the 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 place where the fireman is. Yeah. Do you notice when when um, when they um, arrive at uh, the body in the forest? What does Andy not do? I don't know actually. What does Andy? Andy not do? doesn't cry. Ah. Yeah. Mm. So they, 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 it's a like I feel I felt like that was a because there were like various kind of payoffs with Andy as a character even yeah. even even like the finale of season one, yeah. but um, where um where he shoots Jack Renault but but um to 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 I don't know how intentional that is and with and with 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 um uh, Lynch. We'll never know, but um, but I I liked that 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 it was kind of like this 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 moment where. Um, but to be fair, Nido at that moment she isn't dead. She's very clearly alive, right? I mean, the the re, re like when when James and uh, Freddie and kind of others in the police station see her, they're they're kind of like, what the hell. Yeah. You know, like, 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 it, um, he, he, I, I, I feel like it would have been very Andy for him to kind of like have a breakdown at that moment. Yeah. But, it, but he's kind of grown as. <laughs> I have to admit, I, I have a huge soft spot for the Twin Peaks sort of sheriff department and how eagerly they embrace sort of weirdness. And maybe it's just because they've been around Hawk long enough, or they've heard enough stories. But like Frank Truman, who is nominally like relatively new to the job, you have to wonder how many, how much weird stuff he's encountered over the years. That he's just like, so we're gonna follow this map I that feel you like have. One of the strangest things he's encountered is being Skype. I love the way it's built. Yeah, he seems to treat that with like the same level of of (laughs) Of kind of dull surprise. Yeah, 
I love Robert Forster. I actually really do. And Michael Horse has talked about when he's working with Forster, how Forster completely doesn't like he's not particularly interested in understanding Lynch as a director in that he he kind of understands that he won't ever really understand. So he's just like, I'll do whatever you ask me to. I'll go along with it. I'm the straight man. Right. That's my job here. And there's something very refreshing about that. And I kind of like, as you point out, there's a scene where he calls Stock Hayward on Skype. And if I remember correctly, he pecks. He's yeah, got, like, it, yeah. He doesn't actually type. He just sort of does like it's... It's, it's like, like he's looking, like reading the letter. Like, okay, two vertical lines, one horizontal line in between it. That's a H. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so on. The slowest typing. You act as if that like, any any way surprising in the context of Twin Peaks: The Return, though. Um, but like he he does that, and yet he sort of somehow rolls with it, like finding you know th- this experience of like time dilation. And to be fair, it, the, he has the conversation with Hawk, like something happened there. I just don't remember <laughs> again, what. Again, you have that 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 recurring um, trope. It's like I I wonder kind of like in in. In this day and age, I know we 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 spoke about the kind of like um, uh, the protests at um, at Blue Velvet, but uh, the, 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 I, I I don't I don't think um, I don't think Lynch is a misogynist, but he, he well, and I, I mean it's 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 difficult to say, I suppose, but he, he always writes in these these. Um, these difficult kind of um, uh, complicated nagging women, yeah. uh, oh. uh, uh, female characters. The, the, the um, Frank Truman's wife. We have her like come in various times, um, purely to kind of establish that 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 uh, Frank is uh, long suffering. On, on I'm on, not on sure a, that's entirely account of his wife. I don't think that. I what think that's it though. I think the show is sympathetic to her. No. I think the show is like, like particularly when it's explained after the fact by the controller who's working at the sort of equipment, and she's like, "Their son committed suicide," and that's the way that that's why she's the way that she is. Right, right. But it, it, it it's, it's, um, and it's sort of, and it, you're right that like it, she, Frank is more developed than she is because Frank obviously has his brother's illness as well, sort of weighing him down. Yeah. Uh, on top of that, but and like it just has this kind of like wariness, and yeah, that that kind of like. Uh, being set upon kind of but I, I don't know I don't think like I don't think the show is particularly unreasonable and I mean when you say these difficult women what's interesting about Lynch's and, women and Nadine, is Nadine I guess yeah Nadine's probably Nadine's a very interesting example but I mean like there's an argument that his men are, are no more and even Audrey with um, uh, with, with, with with her husband because there, there Charlie there, yeah there there's <clears throat> There's something that 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 frequently happens is 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 them kind of <clears throat> shout, shouting um, at their husbands, saying kind of like you're impossible, um, uh, where 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 they're kind of. Um, but to be fair, again, like these things mirror <clears throat> themselves and play out across gender lines. Like I mean, you have. Audrey choking Charlie at one point before she goes to the roadhouse yeah. in the penultimate. And again, it takes them three episodes to put clothes, put a coat on and go out to the roadhouse. But like you have her choking him on the couch, but that's mirrored in Stephen. Darren, like, you know what? Doing I'd be something okay similar with, with okay, th- I'm, I'm a very tolerant man. Okay. Th- thank you, Andrew. Um, but it, that sort of contrasted with the se- with the, the Stephen and Becky sequence, uh, which is basically around the sort of, uh, 
it's around similar themes and similar ideas, uh, which is sort of like this idea of somebody like leering over a partner and sort of like being abusive towards them. So I don't think it's necessarily specifically gendered. Now, maybe there is something in the way that they complain about their their partners and their their spouses. And the yeah, way it's, it's 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 very kind of like I've I've. And even with 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 Genie as well, it's 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 kind of it's this sense of um, uh, gender roles being being kind of um, in relationships uh, of of the woman becoming a kind of a quasi mother, where where they exist to be the bad cop, to 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 you know tell you to behave yourself and um, and. Uh, uh, you know that 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 they that they haven't called a person about that thing, and why haven't you called the the and um, the garage yet? And they did a bad job on that. And um, well, yeah, but I mean that you're you're picking specifically Truman's wife there. But I think the thing no, is no, but, but 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 with Jeannie as well, you 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 <laughs> like um, it's like you've been gone for 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 three days you need to go to work it's like there um you 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 better finish that work as if but it's Jane, like Jane she is like her thing is like she's a slightly different one in that I, th- I think she's very much motivated for looking out for her family for her best interests like no matter what the cost and she's well capable of taking care of herself that sequence where she like has the two um the two loan sharks and she's talking about you know decent people anymore oh yeah no no she she's a different character yeah but 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 part of 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 that character some something something that you kind of seems to unite all of these i mean i i don't want to i don't want to be i don't want to be unfair to lynch but I, I remember thinking of it over and over again it's like this is not the way i think about women you know what i mean no like, and, 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 and i i, I, sw- broke, like, I, mean- I don't i i i can't write women I um, but I but I think if I if I were going to uh, write women, they 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 probably wouldn't be these kind of nagging. Uh, I don't uh, think they, I don't think uh, they all are. Uh, and I don't, shrews. Okay, no, I no. Like, like let, let's let's be as like kind of uh, 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 fair as we can to because I I I I certainly don't want to kind of. Um, to go on to kind of like a a, a, a negative sort of a, a note, but like, um, I want to kind of maybe explore that or hear the kind of argument for um, for because as 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 you say, there there have been a lot of kind of people who have pointed out. Well, was it uh, David Hyde Kelly? Yeah. Am I? Am, am David I giving, Patrick Kelly. David Patrick Kelly, not David Hyde Pierce. No. Oh, baby, I hear the blues that, are called. Thank you. That's a different podcast. <laughs> um, it, it's still state of Washington, though, isn't it? <laughs> Seattle, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. But yeah, no, no. I mean, I mean, I don't. I don't think that's entirely fair. I think that, and it, I think that, like Lynch's work has shown well, a general I mean, like progression, I, and I think that generally I mean, fair though. I mean, what I, what I, what I, what, I, what I'm saying is, doesn't it seem like there are a lot of these sorts of uh, characters and, and, yeah, and no more and, than and, there are like and, and by the way when, and when we talk when and... we talk about Twin Peaks we always say and Lynch this and Lynch that yeah. and we don't talk about kind of uh, uh, we tend to kind of um, let uh, Obscure uh, fr- or, yeah. Frost off the hook or any kind of uh, number of kind of like people who are in the um, 
in the creative process. And I, I'm 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 like like I'm I'm saying as well. This is this is what comes across to me. That is not to say that this is like a a um somebody that it, that that there's something wrong with a person because they're kind of like um um uh, creating this character. They're just creating yeah. a character. It's a piece of fiction. It's a, it's 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 like a, a, um something that they want to say and kind of context is key. So that um having uh like have, having having like you you don't you don't have to have not every female uh uh character that one uh, uh writes needs to be the the full kind of like um 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 em, embodiment of the kind of like uh, greatness yeah. of woman um you know yeah I think there's enough variety there in, in the characters that he portrays and the people that he writes. I think but that, you, you, you don't think that there the, the, I don't see it particularly overwhelming. I mean, it, it's there and it's a trope and it's a convention. And I'd argue it's there as a part of like a soap opera convention to a certain extent. It's like, yeah, they all kind of feel like um, like one of these kind of um, uh, old fashioned comedians wives. <laughs> Take my wife, please. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I... I understand that and I can see those specific complaints with those characters. But and even then, it's like I still feel like you're maybe being a bit unfair towards the idea of Sheriff Truman's wife as a woman who lost her son, uh, you know, as a consequence of the Iraq war and stuff like that. And, you know, this. Oh, boo. (laughs) Thank you, Chad. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, if anyone, like, first of all, if anyone, like, hasn't seen the show, kind of, um, and then uh, listens to me saying that kind of out of context, to be wondering, kind of. What kind of person you are. But no, I I think. I'm just a person who's lost my mind because I've been up. And I think, Um, yeah, that Janie Eve is a very different character in terms of. You know, she's assertive and she's like compared to like a pit bull or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it, it she's got this sort of like tenacity. Um, it's actually not that bad. Uh, this uh, Darren is it? What? I've 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 been up less than twenty four hours. You have been up less than twenty four hours. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, but she, but she, um, she she's she's a different she character. Has she, has, she has her own tenacity and she has her own sort of like aggressiveness and assertiveness, and she has her own way of representing that. And it's again, she's a character who exists in this idea you, of a suburban American ideal. And I do mean, you want to kind of um, like do do you? I get the sense that you you want to kind of. Um, uh, come to his defense because you like him, and th- that it's okay to 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 like him and to kind of want. Oh no, undoubtedly, I'm just not necessarily. I've been up at this stage, eighteen hours. Uh, I've been we've been recording. You know, I've been up. I've been up more than eighteen hours, and it's like I'm not necessarily in a position where I have my necessary critical faculties to have a full range scale of lynch <laughs> discussion of Lynch's female protagonist. Sort of, you know. And I think that's understandable. So what I'm doing is I'm going through the cases that are presented to me. I think that, yes, understandably, I can understand why people are uncomfortable with Blue Velvet. I agree with sort of Donald on that front. I don't think that it's an inherent misogyny or anything like that. I don't think that he hates women or anything crazy like that. But I do understand why people are a little uncomfortable with the idea of, again, this like aggressive uh, idea that women like sex and violence mixed together and the two of them go together in a way that's, you know in some ways sexually attractive or desirable. 
and I again I suspect Lynch is, is writing from his own dreams and his own imaginations without a level of sense of interrogation I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that Mm. The issue is, though, that like when it comes to talking about... This is Americana, isn't it? Yeah, this is Americana. It's, it's, it, it's like, um, um, what's it called? Demolition Man. <laughs> Refresh my memory with Demolition Man? Um, what bit are you talking about? But, um, the uh, Rob Schneider, um, uh, Syl- Syl- Sylvester Stallone, when, 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 oh, I know the when movie, him, yeah. himself and Sandra Bullock um, are in the car and, and she... Um, I think she asks him if uh, if he'd like to have sex. Uh, oh, and he has uh, a very different with, idea with with, with with her. No, but she she says like kind of based on watching you know twentieth century uh, movies. There there's like the this like well established connection between um, uh, 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 violence and sexual uh, congress. Yeah, yeah. and so I, this is just yeah, kind of like um, that Americana sort of filtering through. That, and Lynch kind of um, just uh, uh, kind of not playing with that trope, just kind of taking that trope, I yeah. guess. And I mean, like, I think that it gets more nuanced as he develops as a writer, I think, and a director. Well, I we think definitely that, like, see a, a bit of it with uh, Naomi Watts's uh, character. I feel like I've been giving her the wrong name. Janie. Janie, rather than Jeannie or Gina. Yeah, but I mean... Janie, there's, yeah. There's Janie. Also, there's also even, the like, again, like, you want to go to Mulholland Drive, which, like... It's about redheads, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Um, but yeah, not to go down that tangent, but it is very much about how Hollywood sort of commodifies women and stuff like that in a way that's interesting, while still featuring one of the most famous lesbian sex scenes in cinema, which is also, you know, uh, its own kettle of fish that you have to get into when talking about that. And it's like, I feel like it's, you know, it's six o'clock in the morning here, um, and maybe I'm wary about wading onto that particular ground Right, not necessarily having the strongest kind of. Uh... No, I appreciate that. I, I like I say, it was just kind of like watching the movie and kind of looking at these characters and thinking, kind of, um, it's it's not because there's so much kind of of the um, kind of portrayal of the the small town and all of the kind of oddness and the darkness there and the kind of, uh, and all of the kind of discussion of the demons that was so kind of uh, 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 truthful and uh, relatable to me. And at the same time, the, 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 I didn't get the same sense from the, from from the portrayal of, of women as wives. Yeah, that it wasn't something that kind of, I honestly um, think you're maybe being a bit harsh with Janie E. I think Janie E. is a I'm very... I'm being harsh. I, I, no, no, no. I, okay, but I think I, you're... Like, I, in like, characterizing I'll, her I'll, as a stereotypical Jewish wife, I think you're maybe being a bit, like... Like, I think that she's playing th- with the archetype of the stereotypical suburban wife, but she's doing it in a way that is interesting. Like, I, I consider her more in line with somebody like Walter White, to pick an example, than the stereotypical nagging wife, if that makes sense. In that she's very clear about what she wants and how she wants it. And she knows, you know, she has her sense of what she's due and what she's owed and what she feels like she deserves. Which is not necessarily what you get with a lot of these nagging wives. You get that in a sense of demanding it of their husbands. But she doesn't demand it of her husband. She demands it of the world. Um, And that's a very different thing. Like even, even when Janie's complaining, she complains to Dougie quite a bit. But eventually she becomes... 
she stops complaining about Dougie and starts like reacting to the world outside of Dougie. And that's not a dynamic that I associate with that sort of nagging wife stereotype, if that makes sense. In that I think that like Janie you is... Know, like maybe it's a... <clears throat> maybe it's a misogyny on my part to kind of think of them as um, the... Um, uh, the 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 nagging wife because they they aside from um, Nadine I guess they 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 seem to have um, very or no maybe perhaps including Nadine they seem to have like valid kind of concerns like don't don't drag your um, dirty feet into the house while I'm trying to um, invent work work uh, invent silent drapes yeah. Um, 